Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Kriebendruck Stock Market News. In this podcast, I summarize and explain every trading day so that you can spot the bull in every scenario. Today is Monday, the 3rd of April 2023. Sit back, relax and enjoy today's episode. Friday's trading day was all about celebrating the decrease in core PCE. This has certainly increased risk sentiment, especially after breaking out of some technical boundaries, especially the Nasdaq 100 broke out of its technical boundary. However, today we got big news from OPEC. OPEC announced that they will be cutting oil production by, according to Reuters, 1.16 million barrels per day. Why is OPEC cutting rates? Well, China's economic recovery is coming in much less aggressively than expected, and there are there are overall worries about the state of the world economy. According to analysts, this could increase the price of oil by $10 per barrel. The question is, will this increase inflationary pressures? We can look at this question in two ways. A rise in oil prices could actually have deflationary pressures, because this rise in oil prices mostly affects lower income households, which would then be forced to spend less money on other things because there are barely any substitutes for products like gasoline, for example. The second way to look at this is looking at inflation expectations. It is crucial that inflation expectations remain well anchored because otherwise the risk is that wages, for example, rise further which would make it very difficult for the Federal Reserve to restore price stability, and hence they would keep rates higher for longer in order to bring back inflation to the 2% target. In general, it is very hard to predict how this production cut from OPEC will impact inflation, but this is certainly something that the Kriebentruck stock market news will keep a close eye on. James Bullard, president of the St. Louis Fed, said on Bloomberg Television today that the increase in oil prices could make the Fed's, Fed's job of lowering inflation more challenging, which is logical. Let's move to some microeconomics now. Tesla reports today, according to Saxo, um, that the first quarter deliveries increased to 422,875 from 421,164. This means that Tesla will surpass the 2 million annualized delivery level this year. Now, electric car makers have profited significantly from the decrease in the price of lithium. On the 20th of March, the New York Times wrote that since January, the price of lithium dropped by nearly 20%. We have seen Tesla and other electric car manufacturers cut the prices of their cars and the decrease in the price of lithium plays a big role in making those price cuts possible. However, this is very interesting news. The 10 largest lithium miners in China, according to Saxo, have agreed to actually put a price floor on the price of lithium. And this truly shows the extent to which the price of lithium decreased this year. However, in general, Tesla obviously reported earnings today in, uh, for the first quarter, and they have not been, overall, have not been as great as expected. I'm not going to go into detail here, but the fact that deliveries increased is a good sign. However, um, I'm looking at an article of CNN Business here. Tesla sales did fall short of production. If you look at some of the numbers, they did report a modest 4% rise in sales. 
However, um, over the last 12 months, Tesla did produce 78,000 more cars than it has sold, which means that um, the strong demand by Tesla executives may not be backed up by the numbers. And this 78,000% vehicle excess, according to CNN, is equal to 5% of um, the total cars it has built. Now, overall, investors have reacted very negatively to the earnings of, of Tesla, to the results. Um, the stock is currently um, in the red with 6.12%. However, the fact that deliveries did increase is a good sign out of all those bad news we've gotten from the report today. And the fact that obviously lithium prices dropped, uh, making electric cars more far affordable is, is a very, very great sign for electric uh, car manufacturers. Now, what we have seen in today's trading day is that the rally is losing steam. In fact, JP Morgan and Morgan Stanley are advising to sell the rally and, and realize the profits that, that were made, or that some investors made. We're especially seeing the tech sector perform not so well today. Now, in Friday's episode, I said that the current rally we're seeing is very narrow, making meaning that the broad market is not really participating. It is mostly the tech sector that is fueling this rally. And hence, it is logical that the rally is losing steam because the tech sector is not, not doing as well as last week. So there's nothing really backing up this rally anymore. To start off the week, I must mention that markets are pricing in a very unrealistic scenario at the moment. And I talked about this last week as well, but I just kind of want to summarize what markets are pricing in at the moment. The market believes that, number one, we will see a soft landing of the economy. Two, the labor market will not significantly cool down. Three, there will be no pressure on the credit sector, meaning that we will not see further credit issues. And four, at the same time, the market believes that inflation is coming down and will further come down, which is why they're pricing in significant rate cuts by the Fed this year. Now, this is a quick summary of, of the current situation that markets are pricing in. However... These scenarios, they present a great dilemma. I have conducted some research and I will simply throw some facts at you here. Now, the Fed wants core PCE, meaning core personal consumption expenditures, to fall to 3.5% by the end of this year. The average U.S. unemployment rate since the 1960s, during periods in which U.S. core PCE was below or at 3.5%, is 5.46%. That is the average unemployment rate during those periods. And this is what I found by analyzing data since the 1960s. Another interesting fact, the lowest average unemployment rate since the 1960s during a time frame during which CPI was at or below 3% is 4.3%, an average unemployment rate of 4.3%. Now, data doesn't lie, and if I were to draw a conclusion on this research that I conducted, I would conclude that we have to see a clear rise in the unemployment rate in order for the Federal Reserve to restore price stability. And in order for that to happen, the Fed has to stay hawkish. Hence, markets are clearly mispricing something here. We will not see, and this is what I believe, we will not see inflation fall to 2% without a rise in unemployment. And the Fed will stay hawkish until we see the labor market cool down. Now, the market believes that we will see inflation fall back to the 2% target without a cool down in the labor market. And at the same time, the Fed will cut rates this year. 
so there's clearly a, a mismatch here and you just have to look at history and, and you quickly realize that the market is, is pricing in a pretty unrealistic scenario. And hence, it does make sense that JP Morgan clearly stated today that it is time to sell the rally and to realize any gains that you have made. Now, JP Morgan believes that you must be very optimistic in order to stay bullish at the current overall level of the stock market. Bloomberg wrote this morning that asset managers are very skeptical of the current rally, hence the comments from JB Morgan, Morgan Stanley. But at the same time, they are worried about missing out on these short-term rallies, of which we have seen many in the past few weeks. There is indeed optimism out there. We must give the markets that. The economy remains more resilient than expected, which means that earnings will perform better than expected. And I do believe that this will push markets into those short-term rallies. But given the current environment, these cannot be considered to be sustainable. And I believe that one must be very cautious to sell the rallies at the right time. And you cannot be too optimistic given the economic outlook, outlook giving inflation. Uh, maybe even given the recent events in the banking sector, even though, that I, even though I don't believe they will spread uh, to other banks at the moment. But we are in the midst of an interest rate hike cycle and inflation rates incredibly high. So you cannot be too optimistic. Generally speaking, markets tend to perform well at the end of an interest rate hike cycle, except if that interest rate hike cycle ends in an environment of economic weakness or a recession. We're not seeing economic weakness yet, but I am worried about the fact that we might have to see economic weakness in order for inflation to fall back to 2%, which would most likely mean that the current interest rate high cycle would end in a recessionary environment, which, according to historical data, would mean that markets would perform badly. Other than that, let's get back to some more um, interesting economic data that we got today. Other than that, we have seen a decrease in bond yields today. This is because the ISM Manufacturing Index, according to Bloomberg, contracted more than expected. The index decreased to 46.3 in March. According to a Bloomberg survey of economists, the expected value was 47.5. Readings below 50 of the index indicate a contraction. This does indeed show that we might be starting to see a cooldown of the labor market. The two-year yield decreased because of this due to the fact that economic weakness indicates that the demand for money falls, which means that the demand for bonds rises, which increases the price of bonds and obviously decreases yields. We will get the March jobs report on Friday, which will give us great insight um, into the current state of the labor market. Of course, I will report extensively about that, and I'm very much looking forward to it. Now, before we move on to Europe, this is a bit uh, longer than usual, this section, but I would like to touch up touch up upon another very interesting point in today's episode. Bloomberg wrote a very interesting piece about this today. Now, the Fed is incredibly data-dependent at the moment, and this means two things, according to Paul Nolte at Murphy and Sylvester Wealth Management. One, every data point is important for the Federal Reserve. And two, the Federal Reserve does not have a real long-term plan for the economy, meaning that they're not very um, proactive, but, but they're more responding to the data. They don't really have an outlook for, for, for the economy in the long term. Now, what does this mean for markets? Well, it means that the market has to guess after every data point how this data point could affect the Fed's decision-making. If you think about it, that, of course, means 
that we will see or I mean, we have seen a lot of volatility, but we will see more volatility because obviously the data, especially now, is sometimes pointing in, in mixed directions and the market has to interpret the data in order to, to figure out how how might the Fed respond to that. And of course, that causes a lot of volatility. Now, let us take a look at how the major U.S. indices performed today. This has definitely been uh, one of the worst days I've seen in a well in, in about one and a half weeks now the S&P 500 finished the trading day in the green with around three tenths of a percent and Nasdaq 100 was uh, in the red today with two tenths of a percent and the Dow Jones Industrial Average finished in the green with around one percent now that is still of course a relatively good trading day I expect more volatility um, in this week than last week and I also expect much more downward pressure on stocks throughout this week it will be uh, very very interesting to see how the major indices perform we will now look at how the major european indices perform today now um, of course they um, did not respond positively to the production cuts announced by OPEC. And for European markets, this might put even more downward pressure on stocks overall than in the US, for example. Just think about the recent euro area inflation that we received last week. Headline inflation did slow down, but core inflation actually increased, meaning that inflation excluding food and energy prices increased. Now, headline inflation fell because of falling energy prices, right? Core inflation increased because it excludes food and energy prices. Headline inflation fell because it includes energy prices, and we have seen falling energy prices. Now, um, based based on that fall in headline inflation, European markets reacted positively because this could ultimately mean that the ECB will be less hawkish in its interest rate hike cycle. However, when energy prices increase again, then not even the headline inflation will be good news for markets. And that could indeed put downward pressure on European stocks. Now, let's take a look at how the European indices performed today. The FTSE finished the trading day still up with uh, five tenths of a percent. The DAX um, was significantly down today with three tenths of a percent and the stock 600 barely moved. Finished the trading day in the red with 0.03%. Last but not least, we will take a look at some specific values. Now, the euro rose around six tenths of a percent today to $1.0906, and the British pound rose seven tenths of a percent to $1.2421. Now, the reason for the weakness of the dollar today is obviously the weak ISM uh, PMI data that that we got which which indicate that we are we might be starting to see some economic weakness in the US. Now the yield like I said on the 10-year treasury uh declined 5 basis points to 3.42% and across the board we are seeing declining yields today. The German 10-year yield also declined 4 basis points 
Britain's 10-year yield declined six basis points. So across the board, we've seen a decline in treasury yields in today's trading day. Now, this is uh, beautiful, actually. Now, West Texas Intermediate Crude rose 6.3% to $80.46 per barrel. So I'm pretty sure that that uh, put a happy face on, on a bunch of investors' faces today, that increase in the oil price in response to the OPEC production cuts that were announced. Now, the gold futures also rose today, um, finished in the green with around eight tenths of a percent, and they increased to $2,002.90 an ounce. And that is it for today's stock market coverage. Tomorrow between 11 p.m. and 11.30 p.m. European Standard Time, another episode of the Cleveland Talk Stock Market News will be released. Have a wonderful night and see you tomorrow. Thank you.